Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it. And my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work and self-medicated and would lose his temper sometimes. Loud noises would put him on edge. It got rough. So I finally said to him, Dad, you gotta get help. As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern, but help is available. Dad finally went to VA for one-on-one and group therapy and got some really great tools to help him manage things. And I got my dad back. Hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back to the 1 o'clock hour on the Sports Hangover on the Pelicans flagship ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. It's another Hudak takeover here. It's Maddie Hudak here at Maddie Hudak underscore 94 on Twitter. Uh, while Gus calls some women's hoops over at Tulane. Um, we've been trying to recap, you know, as best as I can, the uh, state of the Saints and, and looking forward. Uh, but, you know, I've been kind of talking about the, the playoff picture. And I know it seems a little absurd to be talking about that uh, at this point. But they, they really aren't out of it yet. And so just kind of taking a look at, at those playoff standings. Uh, the, the number team, one team in the NFC right now is the Arizona Cardinals. And it's, it's hard to see that changing with them being, you know, nine and two at this point. Um, they're, they're followed by the Green Bay Packers who the Saints had their card in a uh, week one and that was about it. Um, who have really just gone on a run ever since then. Uh, Tampa is in that third spot. They're at eight and three after losing that game to the Saints. It seemed like, you know, that was unfortunately some motivation for them. Um, you know, the Saints have been doing various NFC East opponents favors the last couple of weeks. You know, their, uh, loss to Philadelphia led to them, you know, um, securing that fourth playoff spot. But now with the Cowboys, um, win, uh, and I know that, you know, the, none of the games have been played this weekend. So this could all change, but just looking at what it stands now, you know, they did just move into that, fourth spot um with their eight and four record now uh and then you know looking at those wild card spots at this point so the los angeles rams are in there at seven four and they're they're, you know for as much uh, issues as the saints are having um a lot of those can be explained by a lot of things like injuries and turnover from a franchise quarterback and issues with the salary cap uh but the rams are you know the complete antithesis of that you know getting matthew stafford and you know um churning in, I guess, Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford, um, you know, not valuing the NFL draft uh, in the first round whatsoever at this point. Uh, just, you know, they, they, for the last couple seasons, it's been a very interesting case study to me with the Los Angeles Rams and, and the way that they uh, approach football, for lack of a better term, because it's pretty much different than any other team, um, you know, 
with them really just going for those big free agent signings like Matt Stafford this year, like Von Miller this year, like Ndamukong Sue in the past, uh, like Odell Beckham Jr. this year. Uh, and it honestly, to me at a point, uh, I'm genuinely wondering where the money comes from. Uh, but what you're kind of seeing is, you know, an offense that's just as much of in a state of disarray as the New Orleans Saints. And that's pretty, you know, absurd to even say when you look at, you know, them having OBJ, them having Cooper Cup, them having Matt Stafford, uh, really all of those playmakers on that team. And they're really not able to do anything either. Uh, and their quarterback isn't elevating them to win football games either. So they, they might have a winning record right now, but they're in much, as much of in a state of, you know, disarray as the New Orleans Saints are. So just for a perspective check there, you know, I'd, I'd much rather be in the position where the Saints are, where, you know, injuries all but, you know, explain, uh, most of this situation, when you consider that the biggest injury of all was to the starting quarterback to start the season, um, you know, that they're even in the same type of issues that the Los Angeles Rams are having at seven and four and in the fifth playoff spot, you know, that's I, I, a position I'd rather be in. Uh, the Washington football team is in that seventh spot now with a five and six record. Um, and, you know, it helps that the Saints do have a tiebreaker over um, you know, the football team at this point. But, you know, looking at who's in the hunt, um, the Saints are, are now out of it. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are five and six. The Atlanta Falcons are five and six. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, five and seven. Carolina Panthers, five and seven. And New Orleans Saints, five and seven. Um, you know, last night, if you're looking at the playoff picture and you're a numbers person and I, I you know, a, a betting guy for lack of a better term, a win last night would have, uh, raised their, uh, you know, chances to 54.2. Uh, percent according to ESPN's site. Um, and, and it was a winnable game and a game that was in their grasp the entire time. And you consider again, it was a three point deficit in the third quarter. Um, now, you know, those playoff chances are down to 20% heading into the week 14 game, uh, against the Jets. So looking at kind of those people that are also, or those people, uh, those teams that are in that same boat, uh, you know, again, the Minnesota Vikings are five and six and, they're, you know, going to be facing the Lions on, on Sunday. So that should, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I'm rooting for the Lions, but I, you know, it's hard to say that, you know, there's a path to victory for them either. Uh, but they will be playing without Dalvin Cook, um, in the backfield. So whether that makes a difference, uh, hard to say, but, you know, you're kind of hoping that every single one of these, uh, teams lose. Um, you know, the Falcons went on, you know, they started one and three and then they, they did what the Falcons do, which is, you know, one, four or five straight and no one really knows how to evaluate them. Then they slip back to, you know, one and three, uh, downward spiral again. Uh, and then, you know, barely, uh, beat the Jaguars, which, you know, that's not really anything to sneeze at, but you know, it's the same thing with the saints facing the jets next week. So I can't really judge that there, but unfortunately they hold the head to head tiebreaker with the saints. Uh, so that's, that's of issue. Another team that holds the tiebreaker, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they they lost to the Giants, so that's really, you know, something that shouldn't have happened um, when you consider, you know, how, how the Giants have been doing this season. But they get to face the Jets this Sunday. So, you know, perhaps we can see a litmus test uh, of what their team can do uh, against them. But, you know, to say that they won't beat the Jets, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of assuming that at, at this point. So then they have the Carolina Panthers. Um, they have a bye week. So... They're, they're going to be kind of relaxing this week, but they'll be playing the Falcons in week 14. And so depending on, you know, how the Falcons do, uh, in this next matchup, uh, that, that could, you know, decide a lot for them. 
Uh, and it looks like the next game for the Falcons is, yeah, against the Panthers. So they both might be in their bye week. Um, but looking at, you know, their schedules moving forward. Uh, so the Falcons, um, you know, will be facing the 49ers, uh, you know, the, the Lions, which is, is pretty easy, uh, the Bills and the, uh, Saints for their final game. So kind of easy, kind of difficult, not really, you know, either, uh, way for them. Uh, looking at the Buccaneers, they're facing the Bills, uh, followed by the Saints, followed by the Panthers, followed by the Jets, followed by the Panthers. So that's pretty much all divisional, uh, and then a very similar, you know, end stretch to games that the Saints have, you know, played and, and will play. So, it's just going to be a very muddy divisional situation because uh, the the Panthers have the Falcons, then the Bills, then then the Bucks, Saints, Bucks. So we're in that point of the season where it, it's really just going to be a bunch of divisional games. Uh, and and unfortunately, the Saints haven't been able to pull those out. Uh, they lost to the Panthers in Week Two, and then they they beat the Buccaneers in spite of all the circumstances, uh, and then fell again to the Falcons. So they have a one and two divisional, you know, record at this point. Um, and, and so, you know, the Saints are at this point fourth in the NFC South. Um, the Falcons are second with their five and six record. Uh, the Panthers are five and seven and so are the Saints. But again, that's where that tiebreaker comes in and them holding that tiebreaker is really going to be something that might make a difference. And so, you know, looking at these games coming up, that Buccaneers game is going to be a really tall task for this team. I don't really know any other way around it, and I'm really not looking at that as a game that this team is going to win at this point, just, you know, to be realistic here. But the Panthers and the Falcons are both beatable teams. Um, it really just depends on, you know, which team shows up uh, in both matchups. And, you know, specifically that Falcons game where it really just seems like you could, you know, shoot a dart at a board blindly and say this is the way the game is going to go and you probably have as best of a chance of predicting it as anyone else because you just can't ever predict divisional matchups divisional opponents you play them twice a year every single year sometimes in the playoffs if you're in the nfc south because that's happened several times in the past um but despite the record it's it's always any given sunday with those guys and and we saw that when the falcons beat the saints uh earlier this season um, the Panthers are, you know, they're, they're floundering just as much, uh, as much as we complain again about the Saints quarterback situation. At, at least there's literally, you know, only one big contract on that roster in Taysom Hill. Uh, there's, you know, the fact that Winston isn't on a contract is certainly a problem, uh, especially when you're looking at next season, because, you know, to me, if you're not able to go out and get someone like Russell Wilson, uh, it, it you have to, you have to prioritize Jameis Winston next offseason. Uh, but, the only one really under contract is Taysom Hill. But then you look at the Panthers, you know, they t- traded away Teddy Bridgewater, then they traded for Sam Darnold, then they, you know, got signed Cam Newton, and that's a lot of draft picks, a lot of cap space, and, and a lot of dead money, and just a lot of wasted decisions. So, and, you know, would you rather be in that type of situation? I know there's been clamors for Phillip Rivers, but just, you know, it's not really like Cam Newton has rolled in and, found success for the team that he started with in the first place. Uh, cause I, you know, I'm kind of surprised that there aren't any Philip Rivers, uh, clamorings at this point now that Hill might be hurt, but that just seems so ridiculous at this point. But, you know, divisional games, those are always winnable football games, but they still have three remaining of six games. Uh, one, two, three, I'm sorry, of five games now. So three out of the five are our divisional matchups. 
I'm sorry? Oh, uh, are you able to put him through? My screen's not working. General D, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, man. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, the call screen isn't uh, showing anything, so I didn't know that we had a caller on the line. Uh, but I sincerely apologize. General D, how are you? I'm doing well. I, I want to co- commend you for a valiant effort trying to put a good spin on this uh, performance <laughs> for St. Tad yesterday. And I know you got to cover three hours, and uh, it's not easy to do. But one of the observations is is that I think Hill's contract of where it is is because he's a football player. So, you know, that aside, you know, I think he did himself a disservice by trying to stay in there and fight through the hand injury because I think it did contribute to some of the, the ill-advised throws. I mean, not to say ill-advised, but some of the errant uh, throws. The issue is his ill-advised throws and some of the things of trying to force it and trying to make things happen that, that maybe he shouldn't have done. And that's because of lack of line. We can go into all the dissertations as to the reasons that he's doing those things. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't think it was even close between Taysom and, and, and Winston. I mean, we've seen it as a team be 5-2 and two under Winston. I'd like to see them try to retain him at a, at a you know, minimal contract moving forward. I think going after Russ is, is going to be possible at some point, but it may be a little too steep for us to actually close the deal. And I think our lack of weapons is really the reasons that we're, we're in the situation that we're in. Injuries, obviously, is the toll. Um, but the, the place I want to kind of push is, is, is focus on is on the other side of the ball. Um, the one that really just disturbs me, and it's, it's been the last couple of games, and I know it's pro, pro football focus ratings are high, but for a guy that is uh, paid as a top five player in the league at his position because he's under the franchise tag, is Marcus Waits. Um, absolutely horrendous performance last night. He does not tackle properly at all. He always tries to jump on top of a guy. And he does have good range, and his ball skills are suspect. Last night I thought that you know he was able to recover and get to a ball. He didn't drag his feet, and you know that could have been a, a change right there. But really the lack of, I don't know if it's, if it's skill for him tackling or if it's will. And um, I'd like to hear your take on Marcus Williams because uh, that's really, but I think, an, an area that they're going to have to really address, um, the safety position, because there are times when those corners are getting beat, and I think he's a liability if he's the last line of defense on trying to, on trying to, cover, you know, trying to stop someone. But yeah, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, this team is, is, is what its record says it is. And I think that moving forward – that they need to evaluate the players that are in the building. If we get some people back healthy, that's fine. But I think we need to put to rest this Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Um, and if Trevor Simeon, for some reason, would get us into the playoffs, obviously he'd be the hot hand, and we need to run with the hot hand. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to uh, get to that as much as I can in the next two minutes. Thank you, uh, General D. Uh, Marcus Williams, I mean, yeah, I, I really don't know what on earth uh, happened uh uh, on that play last night, but I will say, uh, you know, to your point, uh, General D about the ball skills of Marcus Williams, uh, I would, I would advise that you look back at the last couple of games and his ability to actually break up passes at, the, you know, right as they're about to hit the receiver's hands. I think he had an off game last week or last night, but I think that CJ Gardner Johnson injury is just really starting to set in in terms of fatigue and confusion on that defense. Um, 
uh, on the offensive side of the ball in one minute as quickly as I can. I mean, I agree that Jameis Winston is clearly the paramount quarterback. Um, I, I don't, you know, know what the hot hand at, at this point would be, um, you know, to his question, uh, moving forward. But, you know, I think it's clear, yeah, that Jameis Winston was the best chance for this team to win, but they don't have him anymore and they might really not have Hill either. Uh, and so at this point, it's really, you know, not evaluating who's the best chance to win. It's, there might not even be, uh, a choice at that point on, on who they're able to, you know, start at that role. So, you know, there's only so much I can, I can analyze from that perspective, but, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, Rafael Esparza will join me, and we will talk some sports betting uh, and take a little break from the Saints' uh, doom and gloom. So you're listening again to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Sports betting is coming to Louisiana, and there's no better place to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook. To celebrate, we're giving you $100 in free site credit when you register early. That's right. Register and verify now, and you'll receive a free $100 bonus when we're live. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and 100% legal and regulated. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great offers. And when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and register now to get $100 in free site credit. Must be 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Bonus issued and non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Louisiana. Go live date. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. Come on, citizens! Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Welcome back to the Hudak Takeover on The Sports Hangover on the Pelicans flagship ESPN New Orleans 100.3. It's Maddie Hudak here with you in studio at MaddieHudak underscore 94. Uh, I've been trying my best to make meaningful uh, magic beans out of, you know, the last hour and 15 minutes about the Saints. Let's take a much-needed uh, breather from that and turn over to some sports betting. Uh, so we got our Vegas sports guy with us, Rafael Esparza, at VI Doc Sports on Twitter. Rafael, how are you today? I'm doing well. I mean, I can understand uh, being a Black Friday for Saints fans. But if you want to feel good, you can always feel good about watching the fake crying on TV with uh, with uh, Alec Baldwin. You can watch... Jim Kelly, all of a sudden, or your, you knew how LSU coach Kelly with his fake accent. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that kind of uh, maybe distracts uh, Saints fans today. Yeah, unless you were, you know, better. I, I saw a fan last night saying he bet the over on the Saints, which was a very bold move. Uh, one that's yes. probably not that that happy with right now. Um, and but you know, looking at those odds last night, um, you know, what what were they? Just out of curiosity, heading into that Dallas Saints game. 
it opened up the total at 48 and it got bet all the way down to 45 when they, when Camara's news came out that he wasn't playing. I just don't understand how people were betting even the over at 45. I mean, have they not watched Saints offense play the last four, four games? I don't know how people were betting that, but uh, for the books, they, they took a beating on that because everyone bet the under, especially when Camara came out. But there were some over bets that came in that scratched my head. Yeah, it kind of seems like a lot of head scratching, uh, bets just all, all season really. Um, and just really this unpredictable NFL season. Um, you know, ha- ha- has that kind of had this, you know, effect on, on sports betting as a whole? Um, you know, on a week by week basis. Since the middle of October through now, it's the, the books have just been cleaning up. I mean, we've seen some upsets. We've seen the Jaguars pull off some upsets. We've seen some teams that uh, should win by double digits. They only win by a late field goal. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a curious. I mean, Washington winning uh, on Monday night uh, was a good win for us. So, yeah, it's been a head-scratcher. But for the books, uh, they're, they're uh, shopping with uh, free money uh, for Christmas because, like I said, since about the middle of October, uh, the betters have been, been taking it underneath the chin. Yeah, uh, and and just seems like, I don't know if it's, you know, with the sports betting becoming legal this year, it probably is, but it seems like a lot more people are, are really involved in it. Um, and, and I mean, for me, I really, you know, sports betting is is kind of, you know, a foreign language to me, but I'm, I'm trying my best to get in here. And so, you know, uh, you talk about, you know, how that line continues to change. Um, and you, you know, brought up like the Alvin Kamara injury, because you, you could be watching a line an hour before the game and it, it could change a, a couple times. So what, what factors in, you know, to those lines changing, you know, on game day? I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I think the reason why Camaro's line changed to under, because we, we all know the Saints were, uh, the offense was uh, horribly in the last four games. Normally that wouldn't happen. Normally only a few quarterbacks in the NFL that can change a line. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are, are, are one and two that I think that can change a line. But mostly it's all about money. I mean, people will see, uh, a significant injury or let's say COVID uh, around the team, then maybe that might move some money. But it's always about money, not about who's playing. I, I say money and weather are probably the two biggest line movements, not players. Yeah, I think um, in my first uh, Hudak takeover back in June, I had asked you about the factors that came into sports betting. And I remember being fascinated by, you know, the wind conditions and, and all of those factors that, you know, the average person might not think about, you know, the injuries, the things like Alvin Kamara are very obvious, but, you know, the the weather is is just as important. You know, I've been at two-lane games where you can just see the ball fall off the tee, and that and for things like that. So those are always things to keep in mind. Um, and, and there's still, you know, a full uh, slate of both college and NFL betting to be had. Uh, so kind of, you know, looking at the college football scores, or I'm sorry, the scores, uh, the, the lines, uh, looking at Baylor versus Oklahoma, you know, what do those odds look like and, and who do you have there? Uh, I think Oklahoma State wins this one. They had a, a nice win in Bedlam, beating their, uh, I would say, their big brother uh, uh, last week with the Sooners. Uh, I like this. I like Oklahoma State. The, the number's five and a half. But I think Baylor keeps it close. Would not be shocked that the uh, Cowboys win by a field goal. It should be a nice battle uh, on noon. But I like Oak State to win the Big 12 championship. All right, there you go. Um, and this might be a, you know, smaller, uh, victory to play for, but the next one's Utah State, San Diego State. The line has SDU, uh, minus six and the over under is, uh, 49.5. So what, what, what are you, uh, predicting for that one? San Diego State has offense like the Saints offense as of late. They have trouble moving the ball and they're, they're a run happy team. And if you stop the run, they can't pass at all. So I like Utah State to cover the number. I think San Diego State's defense 
is really, really good. That's why they win this game. But I have Utah State uh, with a plus six on this one. I think the Aztecs do win the Mountain West Championship, though. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of like the Saints fans betting the over, uh, perhaps not doing that um, you know, for San Diego no, State. Not in you don't bet San Diego State games over in any sport, baseball, college, <laughs> basketball, football. You stay away from their totals. My cousin went there, but I, I don't really think you know she has any stake in that. So uh, I'll go with Utah State with you as well. Uh, next up, we do have the Ragin' Cajuns uh, taking on Appalachian State. Uh, the line has the Appalachians uh, with uh, you know minus three, and the over under is fifty two point five. The App- Appalachian State's favored in this game. Yeah, I think, I mean, with Napier and stuff going and stuff like that, I think that's probably the reason why the money came in at App State. I kind of like the Raging Cajuns in this one. So I'm, I'm waiting to see if I can get more points on the Raging Cajuns. Right now it's plus three. It's a late afternoon game on status. We might see three and a half or maybe four in App State. So I'm looking to see if the, how high that number will go. But I'm leaning towards the Raging Cajuns on that game. Yeah, and you bring up, you know, Billy Napier, uh, and I, I say his name wrong every single time, oh my lord. Uh, but, you know, there's been a lot of coaching changes, but that one seemed the most, you know, uh, am, amicable and, and one that everyone kind of saw coming. And, and, you know, not that same feeling of slight that people at, you know, Notre Dame and, and Oklahoma are feeling right now. Um, and then, you know, to get to some of those big, you know, names, uh, at three o'clock on Saturday is, um, Georgia and Alabama, uh, Georgia favored with a minus 6.5 and the over under 49.5. Uh, I mean, I always feel like Bama has the edge, but what's your thoughts on that one? Normally, I would be with you on this one, but there's two games at that time slot at 3 o'clock Central Time. Bama, Georgia, Cincinnati, Houston, and where a dog is going to win on one of those games. Georgia beats up on Alabama because that Alabama offensive line is pretty weak as of right now. And Houston upsets Cincinnati where all the boo-hoos about Cincinnati might not getting in if they stay paper, stay perfect. Too bad you're not going to be perfect because the Houston Cougars <laughs> beat you on Saturday. Wow, pulling for for so you're calling Houston there? Yeah, I like Houston. I think uh, they're going to pull out the, uh, the big upsets on Saturday. Hey, I mean they they really gave Tulane uh, some serious trouble. Uh, just you know, talent for talent, they really have some playmakers there. So I could be with you there. It's probably the only game that I can you know have any type of uh, insight in. Uh, and then to uh, wrap up these, so we can quickly get to the NFL. Uh, Michigan and Iowa, they have Michigan uh, minus eleven, and then Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, they have Pitt. Uh, negative three. Do you uh, agree with both of those? Uh, Michigan wins, but I still think they're celebrating, so I'll take the plus points with Iowa, and I like Pitt. I, I think defense wins that game. And we're still, Sorry, Wake Forest doesn't play defense, so uh, I see Pittsburgh getting some stops in the second half. Wake Forest doesn't play defense. You heard it here first. Uh, and then to uh, switch over to the NFL, um, I'll start with a fun favorite for you, uh, perhaps Joey B uh, versus Justin Herbert, Bengals Chargers. Looks like Cincy's a uh, three-point favorite there. I'm confused on both these games. When Cincinnati was in first place a while ago, then they laid an egg and lost badly. Uh, this could be the same thing. I mean, everyone's on joy that Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh. Everyone's question mark with Chargers. I think the Bengals should win. I think they have a better team, but it would not be shocked if Herbert throws up big numbers and Cincinnati shows their Cincinnati colors. Fair enough. And if you were going to bet, you know, the over under on that one, would would you bet over? Uh, probably uh, the number opened up at 48, betting uh, all the way up to 50 and a half. I say bet it now so we would not be shocked if we see 51 or 52 by Sunday. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then, um, those other games on Sunday, Bucks, Falcons, uh, they have Tampa Bay fav- favored as, uh, Ten and a half uh, point favorites over under fifty point five. Probably hard for me to disagree with that one. 
Yeah, Tampa Bay wins, but I know yeah, your listeners hate when I say Atlanta covers, but I think Atlanta pulls out the backdoor cover. But Tampa Bay does win this game, though. Yeah, uh, th- th- fans uh, have, I think, enough on their plate. So hopefully, you know, the betting uh, over-under of the Falcons is, is a little far down priority list. Um, and then, you know, the big rig in the NFC, uh, Cardinals, they take on the Bears. They're uh, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Um uh, again, really hard for me to disagree there. Um, I, I'd maybe have, you know, Arizona by a little more personally. Yeah, I think Arizona wins and covers this one. I mean, they let Matt Nagy win on Thanksgiving to keep his job for the rest of the year. But what's going to happen when Arizona goes to Soldier Field and, and takes care of business? I like Arizona. Best team in football right now. Yeah, it's hard to disagree there. So, yeah, they have Tampa, you know, favored for more by uh, for the Falcons. But uh, I'm kind of expecting that to be all but a blowout. Uh, Vikings-Lions, that's something. Uh, the over-under is uh, 46 and a half. They're Minnesota by seven and a half. Again, you know, the Lions 0-10 and 1. Technically not mathematically eliminated, but all but. Uh, but the Vikings are e- pretty inconsistent. Uh, but wh- who do you think pulls that one out? If you're liking, if you're going to watch this game and I'm sound at your house and bet it, there's a 1-800 number you should probably call because this game might be the worst game on the board on Sunday. But if I had to choose something, I would take Minnesota to win. But the Lions cover like they did cover on Thanksgiving. People forget about that even though they lost. They did cover. Yeah, people people really don't like that. But, I, you know, garbage time is a real thing. Uh, and it sucks for fantasy football and for sports betting. It can really screw a lot of things up. Uh, next up is the uh, Giants and the Dolphins. Miami's favored. I, I'd go with that. They're they're really you know much more on a hot streak than I'd, I'd say the Giants are at this point. I agree, and that Dolphins defense is playing really good, and and Tua is playing. I think he's earning his starting job for about yeah. probably next year too. I like the way both uh, sides of the ball, offense and defense, are playing right now in Miami. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That's actually a game you know with the Saints uh, on their you know roster heading up, but I'm a little afraid of. Um, there's a lot of games here. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to them all here. Uh, but, um, you know, some of those bigger matchups looking at this, uh, you know, the 49ers Seahawks, that's a divisional game. Uh, San Francisco is favored by three and a half points. Maybe one of these quarterbacks could be the new Saints quarterback next year, Jimmy G or Russell Wilson. It could be very interesting, but I want San Francisco. I want nothing to do with Seattle. That's fair. That's really fair at this point. Uh, Ravens Steelers, another divisional matchup. Uh, Baltimore is favored by four and a half points. Uh, again, hard-pressed to disagree there. I'm going the opposite. Everyone thinks Baltimore's going to win this mm. game because Pittsburgh stinks and Big Ben's awake. Big Ben should retire. Steelers win out, pull out, get the big W. They win money line. Give me Pittsburgh plus the points. Well, then. Win out like the season or win out just this game? Oh, no, no. Just this, today's, this Sunday's game, not the whole season. Okay. Like, I was like, mm. <laughs> uh, okay, and then we have Broncos Chiefs. Same thing. Uh, Kansas City is favored by nine and a half. If this was in week four, it would probably be different, but probably agree at this point. I'm still not sold on Kansas City's defense. They win the game, but I'm going to take the plus points. Denver is too high. I thought Kansas City should be a seven-point favorite, not nine and a half. Give me the plus points with Denver. <laughs> and then the last one is uh, Patriots-Bills. The over-under is 42 and a half. Buffalo is favored by two and a half points. I- I'd pick Patriots personally. Gus and Jordan all made fun of me when I said Super Bowl winner before week one started was going to be the Patriots. They were my Super Bowl picks. I look brilliant right now. I got to take the Patriots. I look I look like the man right now. Give me the Patriots. Well, you know, Gus and Jordan, they're always correct here on the sports hangover. So nothing, you know, absolutely controversial there. But, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, we could be looking at a Patriots uh, Bucks su- Super Bowl as much as no one wants to hear that at this point. The networks would love that if that's the case. (laughs) 
yeah, betting would would all but you know go everywhere at that point. Media would go everywhere. Um, I might I might have ten thousand betting prop bets if that's the case. If it's New England, Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Well, if that uh, does come true, we will absolutely have you as our first guest for when that happens. Again, this is Rafael Esparza at VI Doc Sports on Twitter, who tries to teach me sports betting one day at a time. Thank you so much, Rafael. Take it easy and have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, too. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, Marlon Favorite on at one thirty, and we're going to talk, you know, some LSU, uh, Brian Kelly, and he's a Cowboys fan, so we'll let him gloat for a little bit as the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Let's play everyone's favorite game, Mississippi Mudslinging, where Mississippi casinos spend big and lie to St. Tammany voters. First question, Mississippi casinos are saying a yes vote for Camellia Bay could mean other casinos in St. Tammany. Is this fact or fiction? Well, it was on Facebook. It's one big lie. The December vote authorizes just one resort at one slide L location. Our Constitution requires a parish-wide vote every time a casino tries to move. Next question. Mississippi casinos are calling Camellia Bay a truck stop casino. Are they right or wrong? They're wrong. It's no truck stop. Camellia Bay has a four-star hotel. They've got a convention center. And a lazy river. You're all correct. St. Tammany, don't let Mississippi have all the fun. Mississippi casinos are funding a campaign of lies to keep you from getting what they already have. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At The King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring The King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joeseptic at viscom.net. Archie Manning here for Thibodeau Regional. In the Manning household, we're pretty serious about sports. And just like the team at the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, we're also very serious about sports safety. As the region's leader and first comprehensive sports medicine program, they've been in the game longer with certified athletic trainers, fellowship-trained sports medicine physicians, and neuro-sports-trained experts. So play hard, play to win, but play it safe with the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to the Heat Act Takeover here on The Sports Hangover on the Pelicans flagship, ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. It's Maddie Hudak here at Maddie Hudak underscore on Twitter, filling in for uh, Gus while he calls some women's hoops. Um, we're joined by our next guest, Marlon Favorite. Is it Favorite or is it Favorite? Just so I know. You know Favorite. It's Favorite. I've been told by people that that I got that wrong, but 
it is. So it's well, Marlon Favorite well, at Big Fave five oh four on Twitter. How are you today, Marlon Favorite? I'm doing pretty good, uh Maddie Hudak and, and I'm gonna tell you this, uh Maddie, I like the fact that your last name is Hudak, because uh that definitely went out there and did his thing last night for them boys, huh? Oh my, that was a good one, honestly. I'll give you that. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna start with LSU, but I know you're a Cowboys fan. Um yeah. Who who Dak? Now uh, the last name Prescott. Have at it. Um Cowboys, they they you know, they came in and did their job. They did, Maddie, and, and what I um uh, what I like mostly about that game is the fact that New Orleans had an opportunity to really see the areas that, that they re- that they need to um highlight. And of course, quarterback is obvious, um, obvious area to look at, but also just what other ways you can be creative in the offense. So it, it, it only for me, I just knew we were going to see um, Ian Book, but I know it's a reason why we don't. I don't know if it's to where Coach Sean doesn't feel comfortable with him in the, in the playbook at that age, you know, being a rookie, or is it a situation where you have a guy that may not be ready, may not saw things um, in team drills during the week that didn't make you comfortable enough to say, hey, we're going to start him this week. But I, I can imagine looking that way, this is the way the season going. I mean, we, we know what Taysom was. Um, I've been in disagreement with, with Taysom being a starting quarterback ever since his incision last year. But now that it, it's being even more obvious that it's not his thing, he is an Army Swiss knife. He is not to the full capacity uh, value of Alvin Kamara, but somewhere um, under that ballpark of type value to the team. We know in, in the red zone, he, he's the man. When, when, when they're running the option, he's the man. But just going through the passing progressions and, and being able to, you know, throw that laser and four interceptions tells, tells a lot. So that that's just something I really wanted to talk about in terms of the Saints offense. Yeah, um, I, I mean – it was pretty obvious that that Hill was playing hurt last night, but what what stuck out to me was you know he's just you know, kind of like Simeon, unable to elevate this offense past the state that they're in, and no one's really been able to do that since Winston. And and just to your point, you know, on the Ian Book thing, um, the only thing that I, I I would think there is you know learning how much Drew Brees had a hand in in setting protection calls, reading the defense, and and setting that stuff up. Uh, and then, you know, knowing that that was kind of in Cesar Ruiz's hands for, you know, half the season before Eric McCoy came back, I could see, you know, having to put out you know, the fourth round prospect behind a backup O-line uh, and, and you know, protection calls being an issue, um, you know, kind of really setting him back there. But I, I don't know if you saw the news that Taysom Hill, you know, might need finger surgery. So Ian Book is going to, you know, have to be dressed at game day uh, on minimum and, and see some valuable time on um, in starting reps and uh you know you said that quarterback was an obvious area to look at but you said that game highlighted a lot of areas for the team that they need to you know lean on moving forward so what were some of those other areas that you saw last night i think it's uh finishing the game is one maddie uh being able to 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 have that same energy you start the game off with finishing it and we've seen it we've seen it on uh with the defense from time to time Quan Alexander, uh, Demario Davis, those guys' energy is, is the same consistently throughout the game. So that that's one area uh, that I look at. And then, and then secondly, being able to be creative with the run game. I don't know if it's doing more toss. I mean, 
when Mark Ingram is rolling, he's rolling. He, he has probably, in my opinion, has been one of the top-tier additions to this team before free agency, getting him from from from, uh, from Houston. So that that's going to be important, too, just making sure that we're more creative with how we use Mark, um, especially once Elvin gets back healthy. And uh, and lastly, um, I don't coach Payton. This is what he does. I mean, one of one of the things he's really good at is, is is putting together an offensive game plan that that could sustain against any NFL team. But this year, obviously, not having Drew Brees for the first time in forever, um, it, it's been a challenge for him. So, just I don't know if it's maybe taking a little more time with Ian Book because he's your for sure uh, better. Um, he has more mobility in the pocket and figuring out ways to be with him, or even with Trevor Simeon, uh, just just I don't know if it's really digging into the plays that worked for him when he was in Denver or in college, and trying to execute those so you can hit those receivers. I want to see Callaway hit more. You know, be creative. Maybe use Montgomery the way that Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, those are just a few things on offense. You know, being able to only put up 17 points. And, and, you know, consistently having low-scoring games is, is, is something that, again, I know the quarterback situation is where it is, but it's just really been a challenge offensively for other uh, things. Yeah, but I think you bring up a good point that, you know, of all guys that thrive in adversity um, and, you know, look at almost football like a game of chess uh, that would be, uh, you know, Sean Payton um, and, and, you know, his, his culture and everything that he's brought. Um, and so, you know, speaking of head coaches um, – you you know you're you were former LSU player. Um, the the news you know that Brian Kelly will be the you know new coach uh, of the Tigers. Uh, what are your thoughts on that hire? Initially, I was like, okay, cool. You know, it, it was very flat, very bland when when the announcement first happened. But then I really thought about Brian Kelly and where he's been and what he was able to accomplish, where he went, and just looking at the last, since the early 2000s at LSU, uh, since Coach Saban's been here, and when he left, just the the type of coaching temperament we've been trying to match. Um, one thing I think is unique about Brian Kelly is, Coach Brian Kelly is, he's a football, football coach, right? So what I mean by that is, Louisiana, this is what we do. Um, and I think his philosophy would be received uh, much better here with football type guys. You could coach a little tougher in this area. We, you know, I know me personally. Every coach I had, you know, raised his voice and and he really had a lot of passion in his teaching. And I and I don't, I'm not saying that Brian Kelly would be a rah rah guy, but obviously, you know, he was able to to turn Notre Dame program around and make it to where it is now with the help of guys like uh, newly head coach Mark Marcus Freeman and. And, and just being able to, to win. Second thing I really like, Maddie, he has consistently been in the show, whether it's a New Year's uh, Six Bowl game, whether it's the mm-hmm. BCS championship, playing against Coach Saban, or beating LSU twice uh, in, in, in bowl games. This guy's consistently, consistently won with the type of talent he has. Not saying that Notre Dame don't have great good players, but let's be honest, they're not Louisiana-skilled type players. So I think he's he, he fit to go toe-to-toe with Coach Nick Saban and, and Coach Lane Kiffin and, and Coach Jimbo Fisher, Mark Stoops, uh, you know, the guy who's really proven himself here in the last few years at Louisiana La 
um, and Coach Napier. You know, that's the competition. These are the coaches we're going to see every week in the SEC, and I think Brian Kelly provides that um, not only football X and O knowledge, but also being able to, to put together a game plan uh, that, that fit with the talent and, and could, could go against those coaches. So, overall, I'm excited about the hire. Uh, I'm looking forward. I have a couple of questions, of course, all of us do. Um, but um, I'm excited to see the direction the Tigers go with our new head coach. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points there, um, especially kind of, you know, that consistent experience, uh, you know, playing against Saban uh, in Alabama and, and LSU. And, yeah, again, not to knock Notre Dame, but, yeah, LSU with the local recruiting, like you said, it's Louisiana football. It's it's really what we do here. Uh, and so it seems like he fits the bill in that aspect. I think the sour taste that's in everyone's mouth is is kind of the way uh, this went down. And, you know, being a former player uh, yourself, uh, if you were a Notre Dame player, you know, it, it, do they have right to feel kind of slighted by this? And do you think he should, you know, coach their bowl game? Um, I, I think it's a situation uh, with the Notre Dame players. You probably have like a good half and half. Uh, you have some guys that are sour about it, and it's probably the younger guys. I mean, these are teenage, young adults to adults, young adults, um, you know, 21 years, 18 and 20-year-old men. So, of course, um, I can remember when Coach Saban told us at halftime he was going to the NFL. We in a bowl game, already playing it. And we were like, okay. And we ended up losing that bowl game. That was that just so happened to be the only bowl game I lost in college. <laughs> but, but the point I'm making it was, I mean, I'm 18 at the time. And I'm like, oh, man, Coach Saban just left us. And But, hey, guess what? The new coach that came in actually worked out for me, Coach Les Miles. He recruited me in high school. Um, he gave me opportunities that Coach Saban didn't give me in, in terms of playing time. So, it, it has it, it, it's mixed. I'm pretty sure, Maddie, initially a lot of guys like, oh, you sell out, coach. We could potentially be going to the national championship and you leave us for LSU. What type of coach are you? But the guys who are maybe a little more mature and understand that it's business, man, mm-hmm. I do understand this is a, a opportunity you can't pass up on. This is something personal you want to accomplish. I do appreciate what you what you have done for me and helping me develop, but I understand as an adult you have to, have to move on. So, that's what I mean by the half-and-half half deal. Um, and, and let's just be honest, flat out, LSU is a better job to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. He wants to go to a national championship and win it. He wants to he wants to go head-to-head with Coach Saban and, and, and be able to do it every year. He wants to compete in what's known as one of the tougher conferences in college football. So it all boils down to that for, for, for Brian Kelly and, and I mean the real players will respect that so I mean if you ask me hey bro you got to do what's best for you and your family fair enough and and I could absolutely agree with you on that uh for sure and it seems like all things considered he he's a really good hire and one that you know LSU fans should be looking forward to um and you know I I don't talk much LSU I'm a two-wing gal but Marlon Favorite is your guy, so go follow him on Twitter at BigFave504. He'll keep, you know, uh, you in the loop with this LSU news as we move forward. Thanks uh, for being on, Marlon. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. Sure, we're going to take a a quick break. We'll come back and we'll have Todd Graffanini on Voice of the Pelicans to talk some Pels and Saints. This is the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3. Always on the run and short on cash. 
With a State Bank and Trust Company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any State Bank and Trust location for all the details. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Advanced Eye Institute in Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Home health services in South Lafouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 632-6900 for more information. Hey, Ray Mariazzi here. Have you ever cooked a really fine gourmet meal? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) But I'm told it all comes down to the ingredients. And when I need ingredients to improve my car, the place I go is eBay Motors. Whether you roasted your last transmission, graded your current floor mats, or pureed your side view mirror on a lamppost, eBay Motors has the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. And by the way, if you recently fired up your grill, don't worry, eBay Motors has grills too ebay motors let's ride oh won't you stick with me baby i'm going to make a lot of bread i mean both money and actual bread but right now i need dough because my delivery truck's dead and by dough i mean money trucks don't run on bread Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but with personalized discounts that save you money, Progressive Commercial keeps you humming along. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I need more dough. Need with an N. I need more dough. Need with a K. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to the Hudak Takeover on the Sports Hangover on the Pelicans flagship, ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Speaking of New Orleans Pelicans, that's a perfect way for me to introduce my next guest. Uh, and, you know, he's normally here uh, as uh, as my co-host when he's in town, but he is away, the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Graffanini on Twitter, at NT Graff. How are you today, Graff? Greetings from Dallas, Madeline. <laughs> How are, how's your day going? <laughs> It, it, it's going. I, I, you know, I can put my phone down from a hot spot and a uh, <laughs> microphone perspective. So, yeah. So, uh, good. Well done under difficult circumstances. So, uh, really good job. But uh, yeah, get getting back at it tonight. I'm just, you know, I don't. Along with everybody else in New Orleans, I'm kind of getting sick of seeing the city of Dallas running roughshod over our teams and back to back nights with the Mavericks and then last night with the Cowboys. And of course, yes. I was here last night to watch it amongst say, the enemy. So, speaking man. of bad situations, that could apply to uh, your viewing party last night, uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, or the New Orleans Pelicans at this point. Um, and it's safe to say that you probably just want to get uh, out of Dallas safe and sound, uh, which will be the Pelicans' next matchup. Uh, but 
before we start and break that down, I mean, you know, the news about Zion Williamson yesterday, uh, my, my understanding, it wasn't an in, a re-injury, but, you know, still somewhat of a setback in that process. Yeah, Maddie, and, and it, you know, yesterday, without question, was a very disappointing day. It was a very frustrating day. Um, you know, today, and obviously, I get to go to practice and, and watch the team, and that was the day that myself and Daniel Salerson and Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels and Jen Hale, you know, those of us who cover the team on a day-in and day-out basis, we're really, really looking forward to because we have watched Zion throughout this entire process really ramp up his efforts, and it got to a point where he was doing full-court four-on-four drills and, and, and really, you know, starting to look where it was a definite light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, all right, his return is going to be imminent. And yesterday, we all go in there with the expectation that, we're finally, after all of this, going back to training camp and the news and, you know, he was actually going to be out on the court participating fully in a five-on-five practice. And you get to the facility yesterday and obviously the news that he was experiencing soreness and that was not going to happen. So, yes, it was very, very disappointing for everybody involved, including Zion. I mean, he's very, very frustrated, but it's a normal – and this is the thing, we, we talked to David Griffin uh, extensively yesterday, basically gave us the update, uh, the executive vice president of basketball operations. And look, the soreness is a normal response for what Zion has been doing. The good news is of all of this is that there has been no re-injury. You know, it, it's not like, and he just had a latest uh, images come back last week and everything was clean. So the soreness is normal, but... The soreness persisted. After he would have the normal soreness, he would get treatment, and then it would go away. Well, the last couple of days, the soreness was there. He would get treatment, but the soreness persisted, and that's why they're dialing him back, at least for the next couple of days while we're on this trip. Again, we're playing the Mavericks tonight. We'll have a day off in Houston tomorrow and then play the Rockets on Sunday night before we come back home. Uh, for a, a week and, and, a, and a couple of games next week. So uh, the thing is, they're going to dial it back this weekend. Now, if the soreness goes away, then he'll start to ramp things back up again. But the good news out of all of that was there was no re-injury, so to speak. So it, it's just, it was really disappointing because now, you know, you're trying to estimate when he would return to the court, not just practice. Mm-hmm. And that obviously is going to be pushed back now uh, a little bit with this latest news. Uh, and and I uh, my understanding is they you know had shoot around drills uh, earlier which uh, you right. went to um, and and I take it he was at least you know participating in those. Yeah, he went. He was out. He was out there getting shot. So again, it's not like he's in a walking boot or anything <laughs> yeah. like that, Maddie. I mean, he's 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 okay. It's just you know the foot the foot is healed. Um, he's just experiencing the soreness, but they're not again. They've come this far with it. I know people are frustrated. I know everyone is frustrated but they're not going to push it. Willie Green said yesterday after practice, um, you know, you're dealing with you're dealing with this guy's career here. Yeah. You're, you're not going to push him to where he's going to re-injure it, and then you're talking about really, really long-term, and, and that's, when, that's when careers get impacted, and there's no way the Pelicans are going to do that, uh, and they're just going to take it as, as very carefully as they possibly can. It's just, you know, People want to see him on the court. I mean, he wants to play. It's just 
you just got to be patient, and I know it's it's been hard to be patient. Yeah, again, speaking with the voice of the Pelicans, Todd Graffinini at NT Graff on Twitter, um, I, I think that's a really good point you bring up, that it, it's not just, you know, this season, it's it's Zion's entire career that you're talking about here. Uh, it's kind of similar, you know, almost to the Alvin Kamara situation to me, where, you know, not necessarily worth pushing something and potentially, you know, having that affect someone's career entirely. Uh, and, and Willie Green, you know, just despite all of the struggles that this team has had this season, the way that he, you know, has had to deal with this injury to Zion, I, I think all things considered, uh, you know, he, he has brought a, a lot of promise out of this team while they're, while they're waiting, you know, kind of surviving until Zion gets back. No question, Maddie. I mean, look, you, you, you've been to enough games and, you, you know, you've talked to me enough. To, and I don't know how you cannot be a Willie Green fan. This guy has kept it together where it was as dark as it possibly could be earlier in the year. I mean, you know, you're on this long losing streak and you're thinking there's no way out of this. There's no way out of this. But, he, you know, he got frustrated a couple of times. Don't get me wrong. I mean, post game uh, after a couple of these games, you know, Oklahoma City game, uh, Minnesota game, he was really, really frustrated uh, after the performance. But he always kept it positive. He always kept it positive. And look, last week you really start, started to see the team play its best basketball of the year. I mean, before the game, you know, a couple nights ago in these same Dallas Mavericks where, I mean, we can get into that, but, you know, the team was 5-5 five and five in their last 10 ball games after, you know, going 1-12 going to start the season. So they're playing better. They're definitely playing better. And I just think that's a testament to Coach Green, the staff, and, and how these guys have really started to buy in. And, um, you know, if we could just avoid playing Dallas uh, every year, I think we'd be okay. It, it's just it is unbelievable. Now, this is my third year in the league, Maddie, and we cannot figure it out with the Dallas Mavericks. As long as Luka Doncic is on the floor, Doncic, when he was a rookie, the Pels beat him three times. Since then... The Pels have not beaten Luka Doncic. It, it is absolute kryptonite uh, when we play Dallas for some reason. Last year they hit a they hit a record 25 threes in a ball game, and the other night they broke the NBA record, the all time record, Maddie, shooting 68.7 percent from the field. It doesn't happen. I mean, you were at the game. They I made everything, everything, everything that they put up went in, and it's funny. We talked to Chuck Cooperstein, the radio voice of the Dallas Mavericks for our Pelicans Weekly show yesterday, and the the Mavericks have been really an average team this year. They literally got booed off their own floor two nights before the Pelican game because they played so poorly against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then they come into the Smoothie King Center and absolutely play lights out, and that's just been the way it has since Lucas come into the league, and until Pelicans figure that out, and hopefully it starts tonight, it, it's just going to continue to struggle because we just, we, for some reason, it's just a terrible matchup right now for New Orleans. Yeah, and, and like you said, they're, they're playing them uh, again tonight. So we will keep breaking that down. We're going to take a quick break here as we head into the 2 o'clock hour, but I'm keeping Graf with me to keep talking some Pels, and then we're going to move on to the Saints. Again, this is the uh, Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. 
When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your